Hi, this is Renee Fleming, and you're listening to the CBH Podcast. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. I'm back. Uh, Monday, January 3rd. And you are listening to this CBH Podcast. We took a week off. I've, um, I've taken a week off before. I don't think I've ever missed a day. In fact, I know I've never missed a day. But um, here we are. I took a week. I decided to take a week. <laughs> Mostly because I, I, um, I tried to pack light for my little Christmas trip. And so I didn't want to bring all the gear and set it all up in somebody else's house and then do a podcast from somebody else's house. Although I did manage to get um, um, a good podcast done during the break uh, that I'll put up on Thursday with um, actress and comedian uh, Charlene Prunier. Um, it's like my sister-in-law's sister. <laughs> I don't know what that makes her to me. Maybe nothing other than a good friend. Cause I've known her for a decade, at least a decade. And, um, uh, just an incredible person who, who, you know, decided one day to go to Hollywood and become a, become an actress and a stand-up comedian. And she did it, <laughs> you know, later in life too. Not, not like a 20 year old, you know, like, <laughs> Definitely somebody who had lived a life and then just decided, I'm going to go do this, and and freaking did it. And so um, uh, I talked to her. We're going to put that up on Thursday, and that's going to be a really great show just to uh, just for my people who, who need to be inspired about doing and getting what you want. Um, uh, she's got a great story of somebody who just uh, made a decision, just decided, and I think it's sometimes it's that easy. Uh, to to accomplish something, just just the the decision, the decision in your head that something has already happened. It's already happening. It's currently happening, and and the baby steps necessary to get there. And and this was not somebody who was who was scared of hard work and who was scared of rejection or who was scared of of going through the process. You know, I think a lot of us are scared of the process. I'm not going to survive the process. I'm going to. You know, the, the, the idea that I need to do 8,000 things before somebody puts my name on the marquee, that's very intimidating. Um, you know, but this is somebody, and I like to relate to this, and I, and I think a lot of my people listen, listening uh, relate to this, but just um, keeping your eye on the big prize and, and taking baby steps. That's um, really what it's about. So check that out. That'll be on Thursday. That'll be Thursday's show. It's a, it's a good one. It's... it's um, uh, funny and inspiring, and and uh, I enjoy doing it. But yeah, missed it. I missed being here doing this. I miss putting the shows up. I miss um, uh, talking to you, my therapist, <laughs> my collective therapist. Um, still just, you know, coming down a little bit um, after the Kennedy Center business and then my, my quick jump in in Philadelphia. Our, our second show got canceled out. Um, one of the, one of the chorus members tested positive for COVID and they, they shut us down. So, um, you know, the whole process was 48 hours from when I learned of the gig to doing the gig to being back home was 48 hours. Um, that was about the quickest, uh, show and cancellation and turnaround I think I've ever done. Uh, but it was exciting and we had a great show and, and for somebody who hadn't sung bait, uh, um, <laughs> what do we sing? <laughs> For somebody who hadn't sung Messiah in five years, I think it went pretty good. Uh, just you know, I, I decided to to throw caution into the wind and just um, 
um, tell the story. You know, I uh, so often in Messiah, uh, and some of the higher voices have more of a problem with this, where the text can get lost in the upper registers. And so I, I kind of leaned into the text a little bit. Um, I wanted to make that uh, that part of the communication really clear. Um, you know, so often in the text here, it's very, very repetitive. But the bass often gets these, um, you know, I sort of intone. Yeah, it's like the Greek chorus in a way, or the, you know, just I get to. It's not the narrator, but certainly I have a lot of uh, wordy text in my recitatives, and and um, you know, we need to tell that story. It's not just, it's not just handle for an hour and a half. Um, you know, we're, we we. You're, you're trying to uh, tell a story here. And so I made that my objective, stepping out there. And, and you know, also coupled with this um, jumping in last minute, save the day, you know, you don't feel the pressure of the gig. It's funny. You would think that you would feel more pressure because you're jumping in last minute, but it's it's really not the case. You, It's easier to relax because it is last minute. And, and what can anybody expect from you on on 12 hours notice, you know, you just, you know, to that end, I think sometimes you have a better show because you're just not nervous. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous in the least. The hardest part of Messiah for me is just sitting there. <laughs> I like to leave the stage when I'm not singing, but you know, when you're, when you're doing the concert, you got to sit there and, and, um, that's part of the show, you know, it's part of the show to, uh, sit there and not draw focus, and I can't help but to feel like every little twitch or motion out of me is is drawing eyes, and I hate that. <clears throat> I don't like to to feel like I'm pulling focus when I go to sip my water, <laughs> you know, and somebody's singing something beautiful. Uh, uh, I, it, it's hard. I I feel the eyes, and and maybe nobody's looking at me, uh, you know, unless I'm singing. But in my head. <laughs> Every little twitch or shift in my chair is uh, is is drawing attention, which is which basically makes me just sit there like a stone statue when I'm not um, when I'm not uh, singing. And I know I'm not. I know I'm shifty. I know I know my. I just can't. It, it, it's very hard for me to just sit still. Um, you know, with my <laughs> with my hands on my lap, staring straight ahead. It's it's hard. Um, I don't know, you know, it's not, I can't remove myself from the experience that's happening. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a performer and I'm on stage and I'm, and I'm trying to, to create an atmosphere. But at the same time, when you sit for 36 minutes waiting for your next piece, it's, it's hard not to, um, you know, just be real. And that's, you know, e- even in the moment, I, I you know, we, we did a condensed version of Messiah and so... Uh, there were big jumps in the score, and and I don't. It's hard to know, um, hard to follow along to know what's next. <laughs> you know, you got a little list, and I'm trying to follow the list, but um, you know, there's a long, long periods of time between uh, between numbers, and so you're just sitting there going, okay, wait, do I come? Am I after the choir, or am I after this? Am I after the, you know? You're you're sort of having this inner monologue because <laughs> you don't want to blow it. <laughs> And then somewhere on the program, it said right before I was going to sing my first recit in aria, it said uh, seating late um, um, patrons. And I guess I just missed that part, and I sh- I should have remained seated um, while they did that. But I stood up as if it was the next <laughs> I was the next thing to sing, which I was. Uh, but but there was going to be a slight you know fifteen twenty second pause while they while they seat the late comers and. So- <laughs> So I stood up and the crowd got quiet because they thought the show was about to go on. And then the maestro, having <laughs> read the program better than I did, 
knew to uh, pause there while they sat some people. And so I just, <laughs> just sort of stood there. <laughs> oh, trying to just be cool. Like, this is this is what I planned. I'm not stupid. <laughs> but it really went great. And I, if I had estimated, I would say there was probably, you know, 1,500 to 2,000 people in there. Um, it, it was a good crowd and they were enjoying it. They were loving life really. And this was a very condensed version. I think we were done in 90 minutes, no intermission. And that, um, that's enough handle for me. I don't know about you. Um, (laughs) a little handle goes a long way with me. (laughs) I know. I'm sure it's an awful thing to say because handles been, been paying the bills, uh, longer than anybody, you know, the first time we get paid when we're young singers is jumping into these messiahs at all the local churches and things when you're in school. And, uh, you know, it's the first time you start getting a check is that, is that uh, messiah. And so I, I shouldn't knock it, but a little bit of handle goes a long way with me. <laughs> I just like when solo voices sing together and, and it's just so rare. It just doesn't happen very much. Um, uh, reset aria, reset aria, reset aria, chorus, reset aria, chorus, reset aria, chorus, and and I just I need the duets and the trios and the quartets. Uh, that's the stuff. That's the good stuff that that um, you know creates a more satisfying evening. It's personal opinion, you know. Don't take offense. There are Handelians out there that can't get enough, and every note is glorious. I'm not one of them. Uh, but we, it was great to make a debut with the Philadelphia Orchestra. It was great to be back in Philadelphia. Um, it was, um, just, a, uh, an all around joy and they handled it so well for having to let go of a whole cast and throw this thing together at the last minute. The, the company itself handled it so well. And, um, you know, I'll look forward to being back there soon. And, and, um, yeah, just a, a nice, good, positive experience and a, and a good gig right before a, a little Christmas break. And we woke up to a serious snow here in Washington. We hadn't seen any snow yet. You know, it's already the first week of January. I guess it's okay, uh, but yeah, um, you know the the it's it's got to be six seven inches, and and it's not you know it's it's made the streets a mess, and uh, schools are canceled, and lots of kids are out there um, sledding, which looks like fun. I think I might try that. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, then I'll, you know, my, the next show will be, um, my podcast with Charlene. And then after that, the next one will be from Paris. Uh, this is finally going down. We hope, um, it's weird. You know, when all the, all the COVID stuff starts cranking back up again, we singers, we have, we've have uh, PTSD of uh, the last 18 months. And so when you start smelling cancellations and Europe is quick to cancel, um, you know, it's, uh, Start making your heart race a little bit. Um, you know, I've come a long way with this Giovanni. I've been living with this score. It's really been in my hands for a year. Um, you know, I've had the project for years, but, you know, only started to really dig into it about a year ago and got real serious about it last fall and then just never, never let go of that. And I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to go put it on its feet. Um, it feels, it feels like I've done what I can do. Um, I had hoped to coach a little bit this week. I think the snow is going to put us off that, but. Uh, really, you know, my, the, the dirty work was done and it's time to go and start rehearsals. You know, we still have three and a half weeks of six hours a day. You know, it's, um, there's, there's still a lot more time to refine this thing, but vocally it feels correct for me. I'm doing what I want to do. I have ironed out, uh, the places that, that were, that were trouble. Uh, my memory feels very, very good. And, um, uh, 
you know, it's just it's been a long time since I did something new, um, especially a title character, and so there's there's added pressure there. But I I really do feel like I've done what I can do uh, uh, by myself at this point. It's time to go, just get it done, get it get it happening, and and get a few shows under our belt. And since we're doing thirteen. <laughs> I should have really have the thing worked out by the end of that gig, but first thing we got to do is get there, and I don't nearly have to jump through the same amount of hoops that I did last time I got to France. Uh, I won't need fifteen papers to get me through the country. There isn't uh, there isn't a travel ban, you know, for for um, unnecessary not unnecessary. What's the right word? You know, whatever it is, non essential travel uh you know they've they've lifted that band and so uh we can come in we can come in and and do our usual thing americans can stay in france for 90 days without a visa uh so you don't need you don't need the schengen visa you don't need the work visa or whatever all the papers that you needed um uh, you know embassy releases and all this stuff that it's not the case anymore just a, a health declaration a health declaration and um and my vaccine card gets me gets me to rehearsal which is what i want I've managed this far not to get this thing. I really, really like to just stay isolated until I leave. <laughs> Wear three masks on the plane. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to get to France and have to do some kind of quarantine like I did that first a year ago. It, it's now a year ago, almost a year, eleven, eleven and a half months ago when I got to France uh, for the Faust and had to. I had to sit for a week. You know, you're self quarantining for a week. It's it's. Um, it's a long day. It's a long day. You know, and I did get out. I wasn't supposed to go out, but I did. I went out for walks and I went out for groceries because I really wasn't sure what else to do. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure what to do for food. And so I, I, um, you know, and of course had a negative test the second I got there. That was the first thing I had to do. And, and so I, you know, it was clear that I wasn't ill, but still there was a mandatory quarantine and you know, you're just in your apartment. You gotta, you gotta figure out your day. Um, you know, shift the bed way over to the wall so I could, you know, work out a little bit and, and, um, just try and like pass the day and make myself tired as you could. And, and I would take a huge walk every day. And fortunately it wasn't that the, the France, you know, Paris doesn't have the winter that we get over here. And so it, it was, it was not so bad. But looking forward to be back. Um, you know, familiar faces, a familiar company. I've, I've, it's odd how quickly a place can feel like home. And, and I've spent enough time there now that it really does feel like one of the it is. It is one of the major places that I work uh, with. You know, when I look at my schedule uh, in the coming years, it's all New York and Paris. You know, there's there's um, there's other things. There's London and Munich and and Chicago and things like that. But um, you know, the bulk of what I'm going to do is is um, in New York and Paris, and that's really just fine by me. I think that there are people who would tell you you need to you need to be in other places. You need to go here. You need to go here. You need to go here. I don't know. I think I just need to be happy. I don't think I need to do anything now. Uh, yeah, I, um, you know, it was funny. A long, long time ago, my agent said, look, you know, you're chairman of the board. You're, you're, you're the ultimate decision maker here. And, and, and everybody on your board is, is here to support you and, and make suggestions and give advice and all those things. But ultimately the, the buck, the buck stops with me and I have to make the choices and, and, um, I'm very content to be in New York. I'm very content to be in in Paris. Uh, I don't I don't need to go from one international gig to the other. Uh, just you know, just like cranking it out. I'm 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 somebody who needs to feel connected to a place. I need to feel, um, you know, the not not the creature comforts, but the 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 
the schedule the schedule of it. You know, it's like I know how those places work. I know what to expect. I know how they react to things. I know I know the process. I know that, you know, between New York and Paris, two of the most professional places I've ever been that uh, everything's going to get its due. There's enough money and resources and, and rehearsal time and all of that for success. That's what I'm trying to say. Those places uh, set us up for extreme success. And, and why wouldn't you feel um, uh, that you wanted to be in those places? You know, that makes that makes the most sense to me. You know, if, if I'm working somewhere and I feel like uh, corners are getting cut or or, um, you know, rehearsals being cut short or whatever, and you just feel like you've made it to opening and you're not quite certain you've had enough time. Uh, you know, that's, it's, um, that's, that'll, that'll cause anxiety. And, and, um, uh, I appreciate that the places I, I work most at are super efficient and, and, um, supportive. Blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Who cares? CBH? <laughs> A week off. I told you I missed this. I told you I missed just talking to everybody, and I and I appreciate it because um, it's been clear that everybody's been looking for it and, and listening to older shows. And uh, the, you know, the last two weeks of podcasts, uh, the numbers have just blown up on them. So clearly, we gained a few new supporters. Um, the numbers on the Kennedy Center thing, uh, the the Nielsen ratings on them, were that four million people tuned in that night uh, to watch it taped live, you know, that, you know, it was, um, you know, the people that watched it the second it started, uh, on network television, that was 4 million. Uh, and from what I've understood, the streaming since then, uh, has uh, quadrupled that. And so <laughs> that's a big audience, <laughs> you know, and I was seeing all this extreme traffic to uh, my website and my social media and, and and the podcast here, the, the numbers went just bonkers. And so you're like, right. <laughs> People are listening. <laughs> uh, which I'm not going to think about. I'm just going to keep staring out my window at the beautiful snow here and, and uh, do what I've always done. It seems to work. <laughs> I can't believe that I'm going to be in Paris in a week. Uh, this, is, this has really been a long time coming. I keep talking about it because uh, I am excited for it. I am excited to... To add a add Don Giovanni after all these years, it's never, it's been talked about and Leporello has been talked about and I sang Commendatore a million years ago and I sang Mazzetto a million years ago, uh, and so to finally get the Don here is um, uh, it's important. It's important to me and important to a a bass baritone. I almost called myself young just then, but I'm not young. I'm not young to be to be uh, jumping into this one. Forty three years old that I'm, uh, you know, just now getting into. Uh, Don Giovanni. I, I have colleagues who've been singing it for 20 years. Uh, I, I just, I don't know why it didn't happen. I, maybe I didn't look it or I was too tall. I don't know. There, there were probably just some extenuating reasons that I couldn't see, you know, and it's not, it, it's a, it's an interesting part. It's not, um, it doesn't, it doesn't fall within traditional, um, vocal, uh, Fox as it were. Um, I think a, I think a lyric baritone's not quite right. I think a bass is not quite right. Uh, I think it's a bit more like Escamillo. You really you need you need the bass, the basso cantate sound with with the high extension. Uh, you know, it's not an easy night, and the Finken Dalvino can just ruin a person. <laughs> the Champagne Aria is is something that I needed to work out in a way that I've never worked anything out um, before. 
you know, normally I hear it once and then I sing it and you're like, yeah, that's how it goes. You mark your breaths and you decide, you make some choices here and there and tempo and that kind of stuff. But the, the Finken del Vino needed, um, uh, very serious consideration measure by measure. And I hadn't done that before. And it required a tremendous amount of repetition in the text because you can't be thinking about the text. It just, it needs to be so uh, automatic. It needs to be muscle memory in a way I hadn't experienced before. Uh, and, and to that end, I just repeated the text hundreds and hundreds of times so that you couldn't, you get to the place where you couldn't goof it up. And all you can do is breathe and sing because, um, I think the second I have to start thinking about something else, it's, it's going to go haywire. <laughs> you know, I started the thing and I could barely get through it. And then after work and weeks, um, I could sing it standing perfectly still. <laughs> and then after further work and weeks, um, I, I found that I could be a bit freer uh, physically and, and, uh, lean into, lean into things a bit, a bit more. So it, it went from, I can't do this to I'm surviving this to, I think I figured it out. Uh, we'll see. It could be one of these things that goes night to night, how, you know, how it, uh, how it goes. And honestly, I've listened to three dozen of them and I don't think anybody has an easy time in it. I really don't. And there's such a varying degree of tempo, um, that people, that people take. And I've, I've found my number and, uh, you know, just going to have to set a metronome. It really can't, it can't be any slower than this and any faster than this is, it's probably not going to go good either. <laughs> We're going to have to set a metronome every night and just <laughs> give everybody in the pit a click track. No surprises, please. <laughs> I can remember a maestro one time. Um, I, I won't say who or where, but, um, you know, my, my aria started and it was, it was like a death march. Um, you know, it was, it was 10 clicks under where it should be and under where we had rehearsed it. And as soon as he began the tempo, <laughs> couldn't help it. I, I, from the stage in front of a big audience, I turned my whole face, you know, I was looking up, uh, I was looking side stage by the tenor and, and, uh, as the, as the intro began, <laughs> everything in me came out of the show and I, and I turned and. And I didn't glare at him, but I just looked at the maestro with these giant eyes like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm going to have to take nine extra breaths at this tempo. <laughs> and um, to his credit, really to his credit, the next show he came to the dressing room and actually apologized, which was a first uh, for any maestro that I've ever dealt with in 20 years. Uh, the man came and apologized and and. And uh, promised me that that would that was a one time thing and wouldn't wouldn't happen again. And it didn't happen again. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that that um, anyone in this <laughs> anyone in this business uh, took <laughs> took full faced responsibility for a fuck up. Uh, it's we we usually have a lot of cooks in the kitchen and and it's easy to deflect um, and people often do. Uh, but to just own your own your mistake in that moment was uh, was super refreshing. I had way more respect for the guy after that. Way more respect for the guy. Um, that was that was. Um, it's it's just it just doesn't happen. That thing that never happens. It never happens. Got to take responsibility, people. You got to own it. I think that's important. You goof up, own it, and move past it. Uh, the second you start dragging people down with you, the, the, the it prolongs. Just own it. I love you for listening. 
This is Monday, January 3rd of the CBH Podcast, and I appreciate all the new listeners. I see you there, and, and uh, welcome. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the shenanigans. Uh, everybody, have a great week. Enjoy next week's podcast with, with uh, Charlene. It's really, it's really eye-opening and inspiring for anybody who's just, um, you know, later on in life decided to do something and did it. Uh, something, something great. Uh, you know, to that end, it's it, it, not to be missed. And uh, next live show from Paris on uh, a week from today. All right. I love you for listening. Have a great week. Okay, take care, everybody. Bye. It's coming on Christmas. They're cutting down trees. They're putting up reindeer and singing songs of joy and peace. Oh, I wish I had a river I could skate away on. But it don't snow here. It stays pretty green. I'm gonna make a lot of money, then I'm gonna quit this crazy scene. I wish I had a river I could skate away on. I wish I had a river so long I would teach my feet to I had a river I could ski